to the Malt Whiskey Trail podcast. This podcast is best enjoyed, responsibly of course, with a dram, the traditional measure of scotch. Our shows can be found at www.maltwhiskeytrail.com where you can also plan your trip to the world's first malt whiskey trail. Now, let's get into the show. Slanchava! This week, we join George McNeil, Managing Director of Johnson's of Elgin's Retail Division, the Scottish family-owned business supplying cashmere and woolen clothing since 1797. We discuss his new role as Chairman of the Spirit of Speyside Whiskey Festival, plans for 2022, and the importance of the Malt Whiskey Trail within Speyside. Hi George, lovely to see you. Can you tell me a bit about yourself and what you do? Of course, Rosha, welcome to Johnson's, lovely to see you. Um, who am I, where did I come from? So, George McNeil, born and bred in Glasgow, um, 48 years old, married to the wonderful Laura, and I had to say that, she told me I had to say that. <laughs> and one son, one and done as they say, um, one son, Joshua, who's 10, um, born in Glasgow, kind of influences my sport choice, I guess, my upbringing tends to... Um, of uh, my influence is very much football orientated, um, as well as fitness, which I enjoy, and a lot of audiobooks, and um, yeah, podcasts as well. Actually, in the way I work, I travel in for Huntley, I'm actually Aberdeenshire, where I live, where most of my time is spent in Speyside. Um, a lot of travelling in the car, there's a lot of listening to audiobooks and podcasts in the way in, so that's um, a quick summary of who I am, I guess. <laughs> and what do you do? What do I do? So, Johnson's of Elgin, where you're sitting today. Um, I'm the managing director here of the retail division. Johnson's family that don't know who Johnson's of Elgin are. We are um, a family business, family owned business, Scotland's second oldest family business. 225 years old next year, so it's my birthday next year, which is great. Um, and we are a vertical woolen mill, the only vertical woolen mill in Scotland, actually. So, we will take raw fibre from um, primarily a, ge- a goat or a sheep some other luxury fibres and we will turn that raw fibre into a yarn here on site in Elgin and then that yarn is manufactured into some lovely woven products, scarves and rugs um, and sometimes, well not sometimes but other times the yarn is then taken down to our setting factory in Hoyk um, where the very jumper that I'm wearing just now is knitted because it's one knitted um, factory down in Hoyk in the Scottish Borders mm-hmm. so we've got about 900 staff here in Johnson's. Um, I think there's about 600 up here, 700 in Elgin with two or 300 down in Hoy. Wow. And you said you grew up in Glasgow. What brought you up here and what brought you to Johnson's as well? It's, it's a good question. Um, so yeah, born and bred in Glasgow, I started at, at primarily when you say who am I, what do I do? I'm a retailer. So I'm the MD for the retail here. I started in retail when I was 15, some 25, 35, 45, 6, 7, 8, 33 years ago, I suppose. Um, I started in retail as a Saturday kid in a, a shop called Millets, which some listeners might uh, remember the name of. I don't know if you all know the name Millets, which is an old camping. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> still there, it's still on the high street. It's a camping shop. You go there for your camping needs and your tents oh, okay. and rucksacks and sleeping bags. So I started there when I was 15 um, as a Saturday lad in Glasgow. And just from those days, retail came into my blood. So being a retailer... Um, I then went full-time with that. I left education at a young age. Stayed full-time within retail, within millets for about 16 years. Um, in 2000, that business took me down to Northampton to their head office. Um, and I worked down there to 2005 in their head office, so it's 16 years at millets. Then I went for a couple of years to the sports brand Puma. Mm-hmm. Um, looked after their UK retail for a week, eh, for a year, sorry. And then looked after their European operations for a year. 
So done two years with Puma. Bloody enjoyed it. It was a great brand. It was a sexy brand. It was a young brand. It was mm-hmm. edgy. It was kind of it was sport, but they done fashion. They tried it. Their strap line was you know we'll do sport, but we'll make you look good. So it was lovely. And there was a lot of youth in there. And that, I was younger at the time. It was my early thirties, I suppose. Um, but a year of traveling, traveling throughout Europe. And when I say traveling, I mean every week. You know, leaving mm-hmm. on a Sunday and getting back on a Friday night. And at that and they, that time living in Northampton, it was negotiating the M twenty fives of the world. Um, so yeah, my wife and I at the time, no son at the time, moved north, moved into Huntley, which was central for my wife working in Aberdeen, yeah. myself based in Elgin. Um, yeah, and that's, that's what brought us to Johnson's some 14 years ago. And had you been to Speyside before, before coming up? Um, that's a good question, had I been to Speyside? I probably had been to Aberdeen okay. before coming up, and I don't think Johnson's would mind me saying, but I had to do my homework on who Johnson's Elgin was as well. <laughs> um, as a number of people do when we recruit, but when you do your homework on them, you find out who we are and who Johnson's is and what we stand for culturally and what values. It's um, yeah, it's a very special business. I'm very pleased and it's a pleasure. And you're not just known for Johnson's of Elgin. You've just recently taken on as the new chairman for yeah. the Spirit of Space and Whiskey Festival, following on from James Campbell, who has done a fantastic job. Can you tell me a bit about that and how that came about? Yeah, um, I'll get back a little bit again if I may. Um, I think being here 14 years, I think after the first two years, I think I get involved um, as a kind of corporate social responsibility thing that Johnson's love to support in the area. Um, I was requested to join the board of the Chamber of Commerce, um, which I'd done. Um, and then after a period of time, I was pleased to take over for own Taylor at the time, took over for own as the president of the Chamber of Commerce, um, and done that for about three years. Um, and from a personal development point of view, that kind of experience was great. Um, from a networking point of view it was great and again from the corporate social responsibility of giving something back to the area um, from Johnson's was great so I, I enjoyed that period and I hope as a, as a group and at the time there was a lot of activity going on so there was a lot of benefit and the, the chamber played a significant part in the whole save the RAS loss of youth and so on so there was a lot of learnings in that but after you've kind of done your time if you like it's, it's nice just to step back and give other people that opportunity however in the world of Covid came along um, I think it made a lot of us realise that travelling, you were probably travelling, well, we were certainly recognising that it's a business and some of us were certainly travelling for the sake of travelling. Yeah. Um, and I don't think we appreciated just how, mu- how much work you don't get done when you're travelling and just how often you're travelling. As much as you think you'll take your laptop and do some work on the plane, it doesn't really work that way. So the world of Zoom, the world of communications changed. Um, we all managed to manage the business from a distance. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I think that should be the case 100%. I think that evolves over time and um, I think there is a lot of power in meeting people again and there's a lot of benefit in that, kind of seeing the whites of people's eyes and what you get from that. So we as a business, as a senior team, discussed that and how we expect our travel to reduce um, and only try travel when it's necessary as opposed to, you know, maybe if I was going to London, I would say, okay, I need to be in London one day, I'll do three days and fill the diary so I can catch up with people. That was probably not necessary. Yeah. You know, it changes your approach to that. So that then meant that maybe I had a bit more time office space. So um, at the time, our chief executive, Simon, we caught up with Simon. I said, you know, I'd like to look at what other extra work I could do that could develop me. And he supported that approach. And I thought, you know, Johnson Elgin is very tourism based. I thought maybe we could make some noise in the space of tourism. And what mm-hmm. could I do? What could I get involved in that we 
would help develop me, give me another interest, as well as benefit Johnson's at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, the corporate social responsibility kind of thing. And after a couple of discussions with some people in that space around, you know, the organisations that are there, we recognised, given the time back, that actually it was a bit of free time, made some connections, made some networking, had some conversations, actually through Jennifer for Spain, one of the conversations I had as well, and Jennifer said, if you look to get involved in something, you know, is it something bigger than Speyside, as in, would you make some noise at a Visit Scotland kind of level, and maybe asking for something you could help get involved in for an education there. Jennifer actually suggested we should meet with James mm-hmm. and just have a chat because she knew James was looking to come to the end of his um, period of time there. He'd, he'd, he'd given a number of years. James has given a number of years, incredible amount of years. Um, I think in reflection, he'll probably say probably a bit more than he maybe would have planned at the start. <laughs> but given that he was with the experience he had when COVID came along, I think it was meant to be. Yeah. Um, given yeah. how he steered the um, spirit of space through COVID and the challenges it had and the cancelling of the opening dinner and so on. So that long story short was getting back involved within the community, get back involved for the corporate social responsibility kind of thing, meeting with James, having a chat with James on the um, Whiskey Festival and he and I agreeing that, you know what, that's something that I would be interested in, the Spirit Space Whiskey Festival. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, but yeah, no, that's interesting. And you've just, you've just had the, um, the November Festival. Can you tell me a bit about that and kind yeah. of what, because I know that was... Yeah. You obviously, you normally have the one in April and that's in person. And then, of course, last or this year back in April, we had the virtual event. Mm-hmm. But this one was a little, little bit more special and more in person events. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, I, I will reflect on it, although I must give the credit to the team that are there. You know, I'm still chairman designate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the official handover will be the AGM early December. Um, and James and the team of Kareem and Julie have certainly steered that current limited edition festival, although it was part of some later on conversations when we decided it was certainly going to happen. It was a lot of work before I had that James and the team would put into place to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, they engaged with the distillings as they did, you know, as we do normally through AGMs and through relationship building. Um, they kind of get the feel for the industry if it's something they could do, would do, and the industry was very warm to it. Um, the majority of which, thankfully, would reopen and the majority opened up their distillings again, which was great. Um, yes, and we reflect on it, we see it as a significant success. Uh, we got people out and about again. I think we were in excess of 250, 260, 270, 280 events and tickets sold. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was thousands of people in events all over, kind of when you accumulate just how many tickets were actually sold. Um, and looking at the feedback online, looking at some of the memories that were shared, it certainly reflects as a success. We certainly see it as a success. Um, knowing how many tickets and the value of the tickets were sold in the first hour shows the demand was there again. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm certainly not going to take any credit. I must give reflection to the team <laughs> that made that happen. Um, just put me under a bit more pressure on whether it's something we re- repeat next year or not, I think. Yeah. So we'll ask the members what they think when we go forward at the AGM. But, um, yeah, it was listened as well. Then it also gave a taster after, unfortunately, two, not two cancel- well, there was two cancellations that never happened for two years, that opening dinner of May, yeah. or that whole event in May, if you like. So that was a shame, um, but it was a lovely way to reintroduce it again and just show the appetite is still there. So glad it went ahead, glad it happened. There was some great events went on. I know some great memories made. Um, a few drams drank, and yeah, then we'll just take that forward. And I think it's a great remembrance of what will happen in May and a wee reminder of what will, what will come in May. Well, I was going to say, can you give us any hints for what's happening in 2022? <laughs> or is that all very... Well, there's, there's a lot of work in progress. Okay. There is a lot of work in progress, a lot of conversations going on. Um, 
whether I, I probably can share the name of the distillery that we believe is going to participate, or we believe we know is going to participate, we believe, um, well, Glenfiddich um, was going to host the opening dinner in 2019, and we were, I believe the conversations had progressed very well at that point, it was unfortunate that that had to be halted as a number of things did. That was Thank I had booked my tickets oh, to go. <laughs> the, the, and they've obviously well done to the team as well because there was a lot of refunds given and people mm-hmm. were, you know, everybody was looked after in the proper way. Um, but yeah, we are in, engaging with Glenfiddich again for the opening dinner on the opening trailer on the Wednesday and Thursday of that um, April weekend. So that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, we do expect to probably hit in the region of the seven and 800 events similar to what we did back in 2019. If anything, there may be a bit more demand simply because it wasn't there for the last couple of years. Mm. Um, so that'll be interesting to watch. The opening dinner will be quite an experience for the industry. Not quite an experience, it'll be great for the industry to get back together again in that environment. So, yeah, other than that, then I think after the AGM, we'll start to discuss what's happening. We'll mm-hmm. find out a lot more detail for the distilleries and what their um, events are going to be. And we'll get them all uploaded, I think, January, I hope we're aiming for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll um, get the announcement of when the preview is going to be as well as the launch. So okay. watch this space. I definitely will. I'm always excited to see you all. And I'm always, always surprised to see kind of the, the extent to that distilleries go to and the different activities that they put on because they just vary from you know running up Ben Riff, Ben um, <laughs> Finnis to yeah. um, to just sort of your standard tastings just going on from that and kind of picking up on that sense obviously you're based in Elgin we've got Glen Murray down the road you've got Dallas do you're just surrounded by distilleries and everyone's in such kind of close proximity but even and as you said you know people are protecting their brands and doing that but there's actually such just this nice sense of community and I think the spirit of Speyside is one of those places where everything does just come together and it's just a really nice place to be can you just tell me a bit more about that yeah I think it's, it's, it's nice that you reflect on the, the Malt Whiskey Trail um, and I, I think the Malt Whiskey Trail I want to be I want to I want to make sure I get this right. Malt Whiskey Trail to me does a lot more than what I think it's perceived, if that's fair. Mm-hmm. You know, if I think back for the last 14 years, I've travelled in 1996 and every day passing the Malt Whiskey Trail sign. Yeah. And, and to me, that what that envisages in the head is when I know there is an excess of 40, almost 50 distilleries within a very small community of the space that we sit in, and you think you can be forgiven for thinking that Malt Whiskey Trail is probably you know, a, a kind of independent um, trail of these 45, 46, 47, 48 distilleries. That's their perception of that because that's what the trail is. You would go for any day, it's really interesting. Um, when you then get to the heart of the Malt Whiskey Trail, and there's, I think, nine members within that. So it's yeah, we've got to be very thankful to the nine members that are driving the community of the whiskey industry. Mm-hmm. So I think there's so much more it could be with the industry coming together under the guise of the Malt Whiskey Trail, mm-hmm. as well as respecting and appreciating there's still a very large membership within the Spirit of Space and Whiskey Festival, um, and Whiskey Country, however you want to um, brand it. Um, what the Malt Whiskey Trail does within the community and within this area, as well as this Murray, um, the Spirit of Space and Whiskey Festival, and other organisations such as Murray Space Aid and the tourism, that whole thing, what it encapsulates, what it brings to this area, you know, there certainly is work to be done from all areas of that to say that some of the parts could be greater than the individuals um, and hopefully that's an area that I could maybe spend a bit of time speaking to people and hopefully bringing together in areas that 
we'll bring our greater good for the area and working with some partners of the HIEs in the world, mm-hmm. Event Scotland, you know, to organisations that are very supportive of us. I think if we bring all that together um, and try and find what that product would look like, um, as well as all the individual kind of um, individual products and the individual offerings, because they all have a part to play. Um, and when you look at like the Spirit Space at Whisk Vessel, who I believe in the last economic measurement brought in circa two million pound to the economy, and that was a number of years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, if we talk about the event in May is going to have six, seven, eight hundred events. I'm not sure how many events were held. Maybe three, four, five hundred when that two million pound number was derived. So you could be arguing you're in the realms of three, four, five million pound to the economy now for that weekend. Yeah. Not to mention the kind of ripple effect of the work that that brings or the, the kind of brand communication that that shares. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's there's a work to get done now to recognise that and work to be done to bring groups together in the collaboration of what we could do together for that community to just continually drive tourism to the area in order to get beds filled. Um, maybe the wonderful thing of the November envi- uh, the November limited edition was that maybe it did fill beds that would have been empty. Yeah. Um, and there could be, and I know the Whiskey Festival tried this in the past, and this is me just thinking out loud. Now, when you think back, I think it's been back seven, eight, nine years when they actually extended the Whiskey Festival beyond the current six days to maybe 10, 11, 12 days. Mm-hmm. And there was a, an opening concert. There must be learnings for that that we could do. You know, have we. As the whiskey festival with its seven and eight hundred events, we we possibly now need to do some work after that, after the next event in May, and say, okay, what was the capacity that hosted that event? Were we comfortable with capacity? Mm-hmm. Do we need more capacity, or do we need more days? You know, and can that grow that? So there's that's me just thinking it loud on um, one question that you gave, and I hope I've reflected well on that Garden Home Malt Whiskey Trail, the whiskey the whiskey festival. Um, Murray Space tourism just working with that there's something greater that I think we can now move to as yeah. we come out of the world of COVID. Come back often. You can listen to our podcast on Spotify, follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook for the latest news, offers and exciting promotions. Cheerio and